0: post script my name is larry uh it's been a minute but in case you forgotten or in case you don't know on this podcast i generally have a guest each episode they come on with five pieces of music i mean lp it can be an ep it can be a song doesn't matter what the fuck it is as long as we're talking about music it's just jumping off point for us to get the conversation started my guest this episode is matt soar guitarist for ringworm as well as shed the skin and perdition sect uh, matt also did some time and, uh, the amazing blood of christ uh if you can get your hands on any of that stuff please do it's top flight fucking death metal uh really really fucking great stuff uh anyway matt and i first talked when we did the halloween episode uh where we discussed movies uh, he and james came on we had a good time and um i had it in my head that i was going to talk to matt about music as well but uh the halloween episode came up first and i knew he's a uh, old school uh, horror heads so I figured I'd start there and we're going to finish up here Um, there is a lot of Alice Cooper talk on this episode and Voivod I don't say that as a warning I just say that as a fact and why not Alice Cooper and Voivod are fucking awesome anyway this is uh, the first of two parts Uh, when you're done here check out the second part it's up now we'll see you on the other side I saw you had a little your your hairy little child in there earlier.
1: Oh, it was, the, yeah, it was Tony over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you see her? Yeah,
0: no? yeah. Uh-huh. And that's uh, <laughs> yeah. that's Maria. She's watching. uh her beautiful. Her beautifuls. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so you know. Um, so yeah, can I um,
2: talk for a second. So on my birthday, can you give me um um a huge, huge, round slide
0: like this? I I will, but Maria, listen. Like, like this. Awesome.
2: Like that. It can go out.
0: I like can out. I can do all of that, but you have to remember our deal. Mouth is quiet. Voices are quiet. Okay. Okay. Awesome. I love that, guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, It was the only way I could get this done tonight because I couldn't get anybody asleep uh, fast enough. That's why I usually do them at night because everybody's in bed, but not tonight. Um, tonight. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to have you on before because you and I occasionally will chat about music, but the movie thing came up first. And I thought, well, I definitely want Matt in on that. So when you brought the the music thing, I'm like, well, yeah.
1: Because we had that Annabelle's conversation. (laughs) We were talking about Annabelle's.
0: Yeah, Uh, I was just... I was just like, well, I'll definitely have to get mad on for sure. Um, and I know cool you, you, I know you kind of, what's that?
1: It was cool that James joined too, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, my attitude was like, well, I'd love to have him on if he can make it great. If not, cause I know how busy he is, you know, Yeah. but you guys had advised me, you said bug him. And so I did. And then he's like, yeah, what time? And I'm like, okay, perfect. You know, cause I'd asked and didn't hear anything, but I followed your and Dana, uh, or not Dana. Air. I, I always call Aaron Dana, and it's it's not. I know I've known for a, over a decade that it's Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm,
1: direct, Dana lives directly across the street. Oh <laughs> no, he, kidding! Yeah, he, he, he bought the house right across the street from me.
0: Oh, that's cool. Um. Anyway, so I know you struggled a little bit because I didn't really give you genres or anything. But I looked at this and I thought to myself this is going to work perfect because I can kind of thread the needle here. Like I sort of see where, you know, we can start and, you know, I, I just like to know ahead of time. So I kind of know what I'm getting into. And if it's something I haven't heard, which this is not the case, right? Um, right. I can sort of listen a little bit, you know, yeah. but I guess my first question would be, I think I already know the answer, but I'm not 100% certain. Yeah. Who came first kiss or Alice Cooper?
1: What do you mean? To me, or just in in, in No, general. no, to,
0: no, to you, to you. Obviously, obviously, Cooper.
1: I'm like, I thought you just said you looked at it. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, to Alice, Alice was first. Cause. Okay. It, yeah, that's actually. I was gonna tell that story. So yeah, we can fast it there.
2: Tea.
0: Go
1: ahead. But, uh, yeah, my. I was an Alice Cooper fan from as far as I before I have member, you know, before I can remember. Right? Some of my earliest memories are my dad giving my dad the School's Out record to put on and looking at the back of the Killer album with the band photo and the snake and on the front and everything, you know. So I like, I was always an Alice Cooper fan as far as I far back as I can remember. And yeah, because uh, my dad was because my mom and dad were my mom and dad were seventeen when I was born, you know, so 1970. Okay. Seventeen and seventy one, they liked Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, Alice Cooper. That's what that was their shit. Led Zeppelin, you know, all, all all that early hard rock metal stuff was big, to, and they were of that age, you know. Yeah, so that was. But Alice was like, for a kid to grab a Alice Cooper record, it looks a lot cooler than a Led Zeppelin record or a you know or any of them. You know what I mean? For like sure. Just, and everything, you know, what I mean. So I was just really drawn to that, and um you know my a few years ago my dad told me a story that i never knew before but he said on the day i was born he you know he he was at the hospital saw my mom and and me and then went to a party at his buddy's house you know and uh the first and that's the first time he heard that was 1971 love at the death had just been released that's yeah first I heard alice cooper he heard it on my actual birthday and uh that became his favorite band instantly on the day I was born. So I guess that's why like, you know, by the, that's why by the time I could even have memories they're of Alice Cooper records, you know. <laughs>
0: love it to death is your favorite
1: yeah love it to death has always been my favorite even before my dad told me that story a few years ago you know love it to death was my favorite but i didn't yeah. know that he just put it on my birthday until a few years ago but uh yeah love it to death is just a perfect record i think it's it's also you know it's the first one that bob Ezrin joined on for mm-hmm. really he clearly brought something that was missing on those first two albums and and it's a great record. Plus, you know, Killer, the same year. That's his, two, that's his two best records, I think.
2: The telephone is ringing. You got me on the
0: crazy to think that back then you know bands were doing two albums a year you know i mean it's like it was it seems herculean almost that they could do that because these bands were writing on the road you know they weren't like you know i mean i mean maybe some of them were you know taking time at rehearsal studios to craft albums but i get the feeling from you know anecdotes and stories i've read that a lot of people were just writing shit on the road and then they were you know stopping at rehearsal studios when they had a day off to work stuff out and things like that. At least that's to what it seems to me. I mean, I could be wrong, but you know, given that bands toured and stuff doing two albums a year, just seems like that's crazy to think
1: about, you know, in some cases they got pulled off the road to do another record. Cause the first one wasn't selling that good. That's what happened with Kish You know, like the second album came out the same year as the first album, because they got, they were touring and the record, just the first record wasn't taken off. And they're like, label made them go back in and do it try again you know yeah
0: i know with uh with alice cooper like I, there are parts of the first two records i like i i like Pretty's for you and easy action yeah
2: but it's got, it's got
0: moment. i think universally you know everybody pretty much agrees that love at to death was the first one where everybody was just like okay you know yeah. there's something special here which is you know That to your point, that like proves what a genius Bob Esmer was because he knew how great the guitar play, like the whole band, they were just such awesome musicians. People don't, I've said this before, people do not give that band enough credit. I mean, broadly speaking, I mean, you and I do,
1: right? Oh, yeah, but But broadly
0: speaking, people don't
1: see general public. The general public sees it. I, I think a lot of people think it wouldn't need all that theatrics if the music was good, and they just assume that, and they don't ever go to listen to Love of the Death or Killer in its entirety, or or you know they don't do the yep. research, see that they just wanted to do something theatrical, or Alice especially did, I think, and but there wasn't a lack of great songs or you know great musicianship by any means, you know, clearly,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, I could, I, I, at one point that record. I still listen to it pretty regularly, but at one point that record I was listening to it a couple hours a day every week. Like it was just like I think it was probably about maybe two thousand one, two thousand two, like early, early two thousands, right around when my son was born. I was listening to Alice Cooper a lot. Yeah. And I love I love Alice Cooper. I-, I like everything up to and including Welcome to My Nightmare. And that's not the Alice Cooper band, but I, I like that record, you know, like there's some moments of
1: yeah I oh did it, you yeah it was it was april i got the poster on the, in the dining room I, I think it's april 4th 75 and i turned four may 19th 75 so it was oh. like a, a month before my fourth birthday <laughs> yeah.
0: in I, 75 i was two so
1: <laughs> yeah i was I, I turned four in 75 a few weeks after that i saw alice cooper and Susie quattro at the coliseum
0: Yeah, it's crazy. My, my first real exposure to Alice Cooper, like being aware of who he was, was on the Muppet show. Like I was, I was five, four or five, and I'm like, what's this? And then I saw the song. And so then I started, I would hear songs occasionally on the radio, but not until like I was in 13 or 14 when I really started paying attention to music. That's when I was like, oh, wait, this band is awesome you know, like I sort yeah. of started discovering everything and then you sort of take that deep dive in Alice Cooper, it just felt natural for me. Cause I was already, so, I was aware of him and I liked, you know, the creepy stuff, but then to find okay. out like the music was just as awesome. Like, I mean, I always liked it, but to really knuckle down and listen to it and discover how great it actually was the depth. It was, it was astounding. It was, it was it was a real revelation honestly you know because no like like you just point out the general public does not understand how great that band was
1: you know so i go a little further in the catalog than you do i think i don't i don't cut off right at welcome to my nightmare like that but i because i think um at least half of alice cooper goes to hell is as good as welcome to my nightmare yeah there's 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 good stuff on there placing whiskey and from the inside I even like some of the new waves. Well, I like that, you know, Flush the Fashion, the first one in the 1980, the first one of the new wave records he did is uh, that's got some really good songs on it. But I, then, uh, actually, I that, actually I actually have
0: not I actually have not listened to that one.
1: I, I haven't. You should. You should. I probably game. will now. Like, yeah, it, it's it's a beginning of his him going into the new wave kind of shit, but he still sounds like Alice Cooper. a lot. Yeah, it, you know what I mean? he's. You know?
0: His voice is real super distinctive. He doesn't have like the range a lot of other vocalists or front men do, but he has a really great voice and it's super distinctive. So it's kind of hard for him not to sound like. It. I like stuff after Welcome to My Nightmare, but those are the records I own up through that. Because the other ones, I just don't listen to him enough to where I'm like, you know, and so I don't really – take the ownership of those ones as much as I do the earlier ones. Alice Cooper goes to hell. You're right. In particular has like a lot of good songs on there that are just as good as ones on welcome to my nightmare. Um, I'm just so married to the early Mm -hmm. records that I'm like, I I get, I get very, I get very one track. mind. like there are times where like, if a band does a great piece of work, I'm kind of like always comparing unfairly. I know that this is an unfair thing to do. I'm always comparing stuff that comes after or other things to the one piece that I absolutely love. And it makes yeah. it real. I have a hard time getting my head wrapped around stuff. So yeah, that's part of this exercise. Like I'm going to go back and listen to that new wave record now, you know, yeah, part of this whole fun. podcast is to for get you. my yeah. head out of my ass and do stuff.
1: Pain, he did a video off that one for a song called pain. And it's a really, really, really good song. Like In fact, that like, I never really delved into, Flesh of Fashion until set just a few years ago, he he put that okay. song he put that song Pain in the set list, and I was listening and I was watching him, and I was just like, "This song is fucking great." How do I not know this song? You know, what I, mean? yeah. so I I had to look up what album that came up, and I had the album on my shelf for decades. <laughs> I just never play that one, you know. Yeah, but I went home and I was and I started that just got thrown into the regular rotation that record, and I like it a lot. It's a good one.
0: I got to see him at the Civic Theater. Um,
1: yeah, I went to that.
0: 10 years ago or so, I think. Was it yeah. 10 years ago?
1: Yeah. Just about? Yeah. Uh,
0: that was an awesome show. Uh, I got free tickets and to pay for a single dime. And we had good seats. And, man, that was so much fun. It was a really good show.
1: And I bought tickets from the balcony, but my brother got the VIP package. And he was on stage hitting beach, ball, beach balls <laughs> in the crowd and shit. And so he you know, we've both seen Alice Cooper. I've seen Alice Cooper 30 times, somewhere in the ballpark of 30 times, you know. I mean, I'm starting in 75, you know, yeah. and over in six different decades. I'm, I'm 50 years old, but I've seen Alice Cooper in six decades. Wow. So, you, know, you know, Now I have, as of this last show. Right. As of, <laughs> as of the show with Ace Frehley. Check on her.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, she's fine. She's just, okay. uh, she's, uh, talking to herself and, you know, trust oh, me. Yeah. I, I, I know what she's up to. I've got- my brother
1: my brother had that came with the front row seat that vip you know thing he bought and uh we i was saying we've both seen him so many times and he's like hey text me come on down and use my you and joey use my tickets you know and i'm like for like the second half of the show or whatever which we did And so and then we just got I, you know I, I gave the ticket to joey mine after i was already in my front row seat mike's front row seat <laughs> and she went, you know she went and did the ticket stub trick where she went she took my ticket brought him back and then we were all just watched the second half of the show from the head center front row awesome. i think
0: man. i was i think i was five or six rows back we got our tickets from danny bassone he got them he comped them he, you know lime spider lockview he comped them from the civic theater through some business thing but he gave them to yeah. me and uh speedy matt and we went man that was a lot of fun that was so yeah, cool awesome, awesome. It was great.
1: Well, I, he's all every. I've never seen a bad Alice Cooper show. Well, he when doesn't. Play, he doesn't mess. Germany, the knocking thing. He was uh-huh. there. He headlined one of the days there. I got to see that. Seen him so many times in so many different places, but always amazing.
0: He doesn't mess around when he gets musicians, though. You know, I mean, that's oh. part of why he's still good yeah, because.
2: Happy birthday, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah he but he doesn't mess around with musicians like he gets i mean you kind of have to i mean he's he had that great band from the outset and then so he's got to get real good players to make it work you know
1: that that was like a regular great rock and roll band like which is the best kind the kind where there's just chemistry but now he has like now he just won't you don't get hired unless you if you hit one bad note your life you're not gonna get hired in the Alice cooper group now you know like he's very much per, he needs perfection and that's cool though I've, it comes off awesome every night you
0: know? i i've read and heard from people that you know he's a good person to work for though you know like he treats his yeah. people right and i mean clearly because it seems to me like at that same show matt was telling me the one guitar player he was the guy with the curly hair and he's wearing like a, a leather biker cap matt told me he said uh matt Molichak to be clear he said uh
1: name? are you talking about yeah, the old guy
0: yeah oh. he said he had what? been playing he had been playing with him for a while.
1: He was on Welcome to My Nightmare. Him and okay, Dick okay. okay. Uh, you know, my brother and I went to this convention a few months ago, and he signed my Love at the Death straight straight record. But, but uh, I've had a bunch of Alice Cooper signatures over the years, but that's just the most recent one. But we got you know like, we got the picture and the and the autograph combo thing or whatever. And my brother has the out the the gatefold of Love at the Death, the eyeballs, the big uh-huh. uh, yeah, I, well other. That that thing he's got yeah. those eyes tattooed on his hands, <laughs> like here. And so <laughs> when, he, when he does this, when he does this, it, it looks like the gatefold. James James did it on him, but but um so when we got to the photo, Mike did this in the photo, and and Alice was like, he's so quick witted. He goes, he goes, that's great. He's like, and he wears black leather gloves. He's like, what if I took off these gloves? And your face was on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> and they're snapping a picture of my, we're both just like, we're both all laughing. It's fucking great. But I can not believe he said that so quick.
0: That's, that's, that's some love right there, man. Getting those eyeballs on your hands, man. That's, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mike's a maniac. He's five years younger than me. And so if, you know, if I would like to since before I can remember then, he was heavily exposed to Alice oh. Cooper as a kid. Yeah.
0: You know? And he's probably, you know, in in some circumstances, probably following your lead with a lot of stuff too, you know? Absolutely. I
1: mean, yeah. I mean, he's like, he's like Alice Cooper kiss freak. And then we both, you know, in the 80s, went, got into all the, you know, Motley Crue to, uh, and on to Metallica and all, you know, all of that. Yeah. There, you know? Yeah. But he was, he was, you know, he had me finding the shit as a older brother, you know?
0: Yeah, it's always good to have that. I didn't have older brothers. I had two older cousins who got me into most of the stuff I into. The girls were both uh musicians. One played guitar, the other one plays bass. Yeah. So for it's always good to have that person sort of gatekeeping and showing you stuff, you know. Um, it helps out quite a bit. So
1: yeah. James studied his older sister Kelly, she had Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell. And that was his first introduction to Black Sabbath. But yeah, just to have anything when you need that when you're young like that well the internet makes life different for generations now than it was for us you know but we needed that when we were young you know I Someone don't think like, Check this out
0: I don't think they live with the records the same way we did no you know definitely like not. and it's it's fine I mean I don't you know they're kids I'm not trying to you know like my son he uh like I'll play stuff in the car and I'll see him looking it up on his phone you know I don't know very, whether he's taken a whole album in or not because one thing I've made a point not to do is to, uh, you know, push stuff on it. Just let yeah. him find what he likes, you know, and right. fortunately he likes some pretty good stuff. Uh, I took him to see, uh, it was that Slayer Lamb of God show at uh, Blossom a while ago.
1: Yeah, like the Farewell Tour or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
0: and, yeah. and uh, Testament and Anthrax were the openers. I think Behemoth, Behemoth, right?
1: I, we were on tour. I didn't get to see that. Joey Oh, went. okay. I didn't, well, I didn't so get to see that show.
0: we missed Testament, which I was really mad about because everybody told me that they were really good that night. And I'm like, man, you know, and I like Testament. You're Anthrax always- Anthrax got up there and, you know, they were pretty good. They played a short set. I mean, there's some stuff I really like by them. And other times I just think they're goofy as hell, you know, but early, the-
1: early Anthrax only is without you know, like after spreading the disease it starts to get just a little comical for me you know
0: i'm okay with among the living i know some of my other friends i know some of my other friends who are guitar players go further than that but i i check out after among living because then it got too silly you know like i I don't mind having fun but
1: i pretty much when i was a kid i checked out the first time i heard i'm the man i was like (laughs) yeah all right enough of that As
0: as a person who loves hip-hop and grew up listening to a lot of it, I was like, no, no, absolutely not. It's not not
1: really that it's (laughs) hip-hop. It's just so goofy. So I just didn't want to – I'm like, all right, I'm going to – there's plenty of – I got only oh, got so much money and I and there's a lot of records. I'm done yep. with the you know. I was
0: I was put off by the attempt. I was like, you got just stop. Just yeah. go back to making anyway. Anyway, they were pretty good that night. And my son enjoyed it. He hadn't really had any experience with them. He's like, Oh, these guys are pretty good. Behemoth got on there and he turned around and glared at me. He was like, he was so mad. You know, he was oh, like yeah, you said he doesn't
1: like the growly any growly stuff he's not he, into. You told me that before.
0: Yeah, he does now some stuff he gets he can get by with, but he just looked at me and was like, you know.
2: <laughs>
0: and then uh Lamb of God got up there, and Randy Blythe was on had that that stage thing that he stands on when he plays. And my son was not having it. And he turned to me and he's like, What's this guy's problem? Like, what do you mean? He's like, Why does he have to be higher than the guitar players? He's not he's an more ego, b-
1: he's an ego riser. Yeah, yeah. he gets. Yeah.
0: My son recognized, you know, at 16, 17, he's not more important than the guitar players. I don't understand what this dude thinks he's doing. And I just I was like, Amen. <laughs> hey, all right, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh he 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 doesn't like listening to Slayer on record, but he really got into the show. And I, I said, Well, that's kind of that's kind of the bread and butter for me with them. Is like I like seeing him play live. I mean, he goes, Do you like all the records? I'm like, Oh no, no. I said, but I- but I like
1: five.
0: yeah I, I like i like about five of them too and i'm like
1: yeah. everything seasons and back uh, is all yep all good
0: yep and i i've given the other ones a fair shake but i'm like no i just there's nothing there for me but the cool thing five
1: was good though five, i mean five records for a thrash bands a lot more than uh, any of the other ones really you know of the of the old like you know i mean megadeth two <laughs> i give them yeah two. You know, yeah yeah Uh, maybe three if you're if i'm feeling generous yeah metallica Metallica after justice there's really nothing and i really like the clip ones you know so it's five records slayer did pretty good i think yeah it's
0: that more than pretty good i mean and they're good good records too you know it's funny as i grow older i find myself revisiting um show no mercy a lot more than i used to i've always loved it but i'm like man there's just some really great songs on here and you can really hear like the elements of Judas Priest that they were like way into on that record in certain spots. Not always. You have to really kind of listen for it, but it's there, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. The the maiden priest influence is big on that first Slayer album. Yeah. There's there's a lot of, I hear a lot of like, besides that they covered Priest on South of Heaven, there's other, they just brought, they brought the tempo back a a bit on South of Heaven and that brings out the Priest influence on that record too. It kind of sounds like Sin after sin too, like production wise, almost. Daddy. Like,
0: yeah, but it, it's kind of, it. yeah, Daddy? kind of dryish. What's up, baby?
2: So on my birthday, will you give me a huge Barbie plane? Yes. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I, promise. <laughs>
0: I promise, all of it. Okay. All of it. You all better. the all the dolls. dolls. All of the dolls. The
2: pilot and the and the and the. The
0: pilot, the stewardess, the passengers, the ticket taker, all of them.
2: And
0: the and the food taker and the food taker,
2: yep. And the drink taker
0: and the drink taker.
2: Yeah,
0: same way. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Slayer? No. Okay. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, S- Slayer. That was that was a pretty cool show. No, my headphones. To my whole point, you know, he was like really he's he owns his own tastes, you know. Um he tends to like hard rock more than metal. He didn't like maiden for a while. And then I played the live after death DVD for him. And then he turned to me because I get it now. And now he listens to him. Like he had to see it. Yeah. To, the context didn't make any sense to him. And why would yeah. it, you know, it's not of his time. Right. But, um, you know, man, I almost, I almost tried to steer us in the kiss, but we were just talking about Metallica. Let's talk about ride lightning, man, because, that's my favorite metallica record hands down there's no question that that's my favorite metallica record i love that record you know
1: best yeah yeah i I think death is as good a song as they ever came you know like it's just a perfect record really it's the the guitar tone is phenomenal Mm -hmm. phenomenal yeah did you get those box sets by chance the, the, the you know, they did one for kill them all, ride the lightning, master of puppets they got a box set editions of them or whatever. No,
0: the last versions of the records that I actually listened to that I bought were uh it might have been more than 10 years ago. I bought the 180 gram pressings of them. Um, I still have my original copy of uh Garage Days, the the EP. Um, but I only right now I only own that and Master of Puppets and Ride Lightning because I just find myself not. really. And the coffee maker. I just find myself and not.
2: The glass maker.
0: Okay, baby. I just find myself not listening. And, to...
2: and the maker.
0: Maria.
2: And the popcorn maker. Okay,
0: Maria. Okay. Thank you. I just find myself not listening to Kill 'Em All that much. I mean, it was I. I enjoyed it more when I was younger, but the more I listened to it, the more I felt like I'd rather listen to the band's influence that record directly. You know, because. To yeah. my ears, ride lighting was the first time Metallica was really fully formed. Like, we are Metallica, and this, I mean, they really, ma- to my ears, like, ride lighting, I think just sounds a lot different than Kill 'em All. Like, the writing is just a little bit different. It's, it's more heavy, it's heavier duty, it's more frantic, and just kind of, you know, that's just what I hear. You know, I hear well, they, I hear so they, much they, new wave uh, of British heavy metal on the first one that I'm like, a bit distracted by it because it makes me want to go listen to those bands,
1: you know? Yeah. They flew to Denmark because rainbow had recorded with Fleming Rasmussen out there. Or I think he engineered the rainbow record, but, um, yeah, they flew out there and they, they flew to Denmark and tracked that record with a producer with the Fleming Rasmussen who then did puppets too. And every, and justice. So maybe that, that probably has something to do with it. You know, just yeah. but, uh, what I was going to say about those box sets is that, um, in the lightning one there's a book like, you know each one comes with a book that you can kind of read all the and, and the quotes in there are the there's a couple pages of each you know like the Hank Sherman tells stories in there and who, whoever was there with them you know what I mean you know like has little couple pages of stories in the book mm-hmm. and uh he's uh, the, Daddy. it says in there that Daddy. uh go ahead
0: hey baby listen we're going we're gonna to go in the living room, okay? You can watch your beautifuls there, okay, Sweet Pea? yeah, I have
2: to tell you one more thing.
0: Okay, you can tell me. I'll be right back, Matt. That's you can boy. tell me on the way in the living room, Sweet Pea, okay? Okay, okay because remember, we you said you were going to be very one, quiet, two, three, and three, that's not working, so
2: come Matt, with me. Come okay, on,
0: quiet. Quiet. I can watch a lighter carry. You please can be it?
2: Can watch you watch this? Please be quiet. 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 Please yeah. be quiet.
0: All right, sorry about
1: that. No problem. <laughs> we came downstairs, and the dogs followed her and started barking and shit. Anyway, so <laughs> I, I had disruptions on my end as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's she's uh, you know, she's old enough to where like I can explain something to her, and she understands it completely. But her impulse control is just like, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah you know. But you're you were saying that um that they have liner notes with uh guys yes. like like Hank Sherman.
1: Yeah, and, oh. and in there I learned that uh, at, the, at their trailer was stolen around that time, I guess, and their amps and everything were gone. And they borrowed Merciful Fate's amps and recorded Ride the Lightning on those. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of a cool, cool little fact that I didn't know. But yeah, but the box sets are loaded with awesome live LPs and shit. You know, they're really worth. The money you know
0: yeah i might i might invest in in that one and probably master puppets like they lost me with injustice for all i just it's not i don't know it's just it just doesn't suit me like those i two. never
1: liked it. i didn't like it when it came out yeah but, and i didn't like it for really took decades really to warm up to it but i think just because you know, I'm, there's getting less and less shit that I like that comes out. So, like, I'm willing, <laughs> willing to bend a little bit. Yeah. In places, You know, and I, I it's grown on me.
0: Yeah, but I'd have to. I, I agree with you. Creeping Death and Creeping Death and the title track are the two for my money for my taste, are the two best songs they've written. Like, I love those songs so much. I love them, love them, love them. Like the solo in Ride Lighting, and I'm not much of a Kirk Hammett stan as far as the soloing goes, but I love that solo in that record, on that song. Well, That's like a crazy well, solo.
1: on a journey you know yeah yeah it's a good one yeah i like i like him i like most i like most of what he does i
0: i used to be much harder on him but as time is time has gone by i like i'm a little more i have a little more of a soft touch when it comes to him but i still like am super critical it's not really the kind of guitar playing i always really like but yeah i just listened to that song i'm like yeah this guy's great you know he's just <laughs> you know um you might know this, and I probably should know it because I've never really, I've never really investigated. You know, how many solos does James take per record? Does he take
1: any ever? Uh, I mean, like the in the middle of the song "Master of Puppets," that the mellow section
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, that has a guitar solo in there. That okay? That's, that's him. I think he, I think he has one on Orion too. Very, very rarely. You know. Yeah. Like I don't know if there's any on Lightning. I don't. I don't think there are.
0: Yeah. I a reason I ask is like even the solo for the title track, there's a, there's a, a spot where the way it builds on itself, you can kind of hear the way he's coming in. And I'm like thinking, well, is that, are, are they splitting that solo or not? Which, you know, brought that question to mind. Um, I mean, regardless of that, he's one of the great rhythm players ever. I mean, that guy, yeah it, it, I, and you know, people have differing opinions, but for, you know, he kind of he kind of is that band in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, for you know, sure. like he, he just. I I spent my whole high school years and junior high years just sitting in my room playing down down picking as fast as I could to keep up with those meta- first three metallica. <laughs> That's what I, so I, all of my p- technique on the right hand is directly just me trying to mimic. What I heard on those Metallica records as close as possible.
0: That's, that's crazy to think about. And like, he just, um, you know, and I think their fortunes kind of come and go with, you know, where he's at as far as, you know, writing stuff goes. I know that it's collaborative between him and Lars, but really he's pretty much come up with the riffs. So, you know,
1: I watch a lot of those, like, cause that, you know, for their last, bunch of records there they've really there's been a camera on them every minute of this process from the you know beginning to end and uh i i large has a way more of a role than i ever gave him credit for Girl, when you just read the name on there i always just assume they were buddies and he's like i'll throw you a bone but we'll split the money or whatever but he really does like even with the guitar solos he's in there coaching kirk through it like what if you did this and has an idea like yeah he's He's really do- he does really contribute a lot of ideas to the to the writing of that band. Yeah.
0: You know? I, I think, you know, like I think a lot of the arrangements probably from what I've seen in some of the videos I've seen, like come from him, you know, like they'll have riffs and he's sort of the one sussing it out in his head on how it goes.
1: You yeah, know, he definitely seems to be the one that has the vision of where that song should go, even though James has the riffs. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah um it's interesting you were talking about merciful fate I remember um a friend of mine I heard I heard King Diamond first I heard Abigail first and I wasn't sure what to think of it I knew at the time I loved the music I'm like oh my god these guys are talk about great guitar players is it Annie LaRock or LaRocque I'm not sure how it's pronounced but for la rock. yeah la rock. i've always said la rock but i heard somebody say la Roque one time and it threw me for a loop but um like every like that band is just like great and but it was real jarring because i'd never heard anybody sing like that before and yeah. i'm like i'm Nobody like man it. i don't know i don't fucking know about this but then literally three days later the same dude played melissa for me and i'm like i get it like it clicked like I, yeah. I kind of almost wish he'd given me those, those training wheels to get used to his voice. Even yeah. though the, the music is is, I think the music. I mean, there's some elements that are similar, but they're totally different bands in a lot of ways. But yeah. like getting used to his vocal style through Merciful Fate allowed me to really appreciate King Diamond. But I still, pr- I still prefer Merciful Fate over King Diamond. But yeah, Melissa is such a fucking great record.
1: It's why it's it's maybe the greatest metal record ever made I, it's one of three that i love that i bounce back and forth with the other ones are sad wings of destiny and oh. and heaven and hell those are like the three that i when i hear them i'm like this is the greatest metal record ever made but one of those three and, and so- i believe course, melissa a lot
0: That I had the same dude I was talking to on the phone today. We were talking about just Priest, He said, What's your favorite priest record? Like, Sad Wings of Destiny. It's not even a fucking question. Like, I'm totally with you on that 100%. He said, Sin After Sin. And I like that record too a lot.
1: But I was just going to say that I think that there's like a trilogy there, kind of like Sad Wings, Sin After Sin, and Stay in Class. Yeah. That's all perfection. You know, yeah. They were really on a good streak there, you know.
0: But yeah, Merciful Fate, like, just. Christ. I mean, Curse of the Pharaohs is like, that's. That's such a great song. Like that's yeah. that's my favorite song by them. You know, I mean, there's other stuff I like, but Curse of the Pharaohs is so
1: good. Uh, you know? I mean, Black Funeral and and it, Evil. The whole record is Satan's Fall. The whole record oh. is perfect. It's perfect. What, what a the riffs, the guitar tone, that all the tones, every the production overall. It's just a fucking masterpiece. That album, you know. It,
0: it's crazy how more rooted in traditional hard rock fate is compared to say King diamond where it's way more classical, right? Like, I,
1: and that's why I, I mean, that I, I think that's the main reason why I prefer it. it's just so like vintage sounding like it still had. there's so many elements of uriah heap and and you know like and deep purple and all those 70 all that great 70s shit you know there's so much in there that and it you know weeded itself out by the time of mercy you know of king diamond and a lot of that, especially by like after the first two records when the first two records you still had michael denner Mm -hmm. so there's a little bit of that a little bit more of that fate in there but uh yeah, by them, there's really none of none of that anymore, you know.
0: I fall off after them. Like I like songs from that, but then I just kind of like there wasn't anything wrong with anything that followed, but it just didn't pique my interest nearly as much. I mean
1: I buy them all. I have every one, you know. Uh, and I mean I, I, I dropped off on the eye as the last one I bought on vinyl, but I've got them all CDs of every you know, I'm always I'm always willing to spend the 15 bucks on the CD when it comes out just to hear what he's doing now, you know, and I didn't well, there's usually a handful of songs cut two three songs on each one that I'm like, Oh, that's pretty good. And then the rest kind of.
0: Well, when you, when you engender that kind of good faith pretty early on through two really good bands, you know, it's, it's not hard to want to keep picking stuff up. I mean, I like, I liked conspiracy a little bit. There was some stuff on there. I dug and the eye, but, um, them was like, that's, that's, I own, you know, fatal portrait and Abigail and them. And then that's, that's it. You know, those ones I listen yeah. to religiously when I, yeah. well not really, but when I listen to King Diamond, those are the, you know, right. and, but yeah, merciful fate, just like you mentioned deep purple, like you can hear that. And I'd never really thought about that, but now I'm going to go back and listen. And I think you're right. I can't believe I didn't pick up on that earlier, you know, especially with how much I love deep purple. I'm always trying to hear where people are sort of like taken from them. You know, and if they are, because I'm convinced they're much more influential than people give them credit for. But, uh, yeah, I never thought about that in Merciful Fate. And I'm going to have to go back and listen for that now. All right, that's the end of part one. Part two is up now. You know what to do. We'll see you on the other side.